The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota, and I love talking about women in agriculture. The women of Common Ground Minnesota are volunteers who are volu- you know, taking their time to chat with you about what it's like to live on a farm and grow food in Minnesota. Here's some really great news about this group. They have just launched a newsletter that you can basically sign up for at commongroundminnesota.com, and you get the latest you know, events, giveaways, delicious recipes, all sorts of great stories from the farm. And I got to tell you, it's just a really cool thing to get into your inbox every month. And it's it's kind of an, a way in. If you're wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to ask when I go to Common Ground, Minnesota. Well, this is just an introduction and a way to get you guys to meet the farmers at Common Ground, Minnesota. The Common Ground Minnesota volunteers, remember, their goal is to be a resource for your food and farming questions. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn, commongroundminnesota.com. What time is it? Our friend, unofficial paid researcher Phil, actually does cook his turkey in the Instant Pot, leaves the lid on, and leaves it there overnight. Okay. And then eats it, and he said it's very moist and juicy. So while we are not recommending leaving poultry sitting overnight, there you go. Okay. He does. Uh, Okay, so we are going to get to more of your calls and also the top two in hour two. Let's take... Uh, should we take a couple calls? Yeah, here let's take and a couple calls first. Too? Okay. Yeah. All right. So we've got Gretchen, and she's got pounds of turkey gravy questions. Hi, Gretchen. Hey, nice to talk to you. Yeah. Good to be talked um, to. <laughs> I need to know how much turkey pieces and parts for that recipe to buy. Oh, um, I just used uh, two wings. I actually used four wings and a back. But then when I did it with chicken, I just used a bunch of chicken wings and thighs. How many? How many I was making gravy for, I made uh, a quart of gravy. Okay, four wings and back. I'm going to use turkey. Is turkey better? Than, do you think turkey or, or chicken? Which one? Chicken gives you more you fat. Like? Chicken's more fat? Yeah, it gives you more fat. Which is lovely. Yeah, it does. And so the recipes, chicken. I just posted it on Facebook. It's also on stephaniesdish.com that has all the specifics. I see that, but okay, so four, you're saying, um, tell me again, pounds. Uh, you're just saying four wings and a back. A back is a back. Yep. I've never bought that. You can, there's, you'll just you go to the turkey store and there they are. To the grocery store. They, yep. Yeah, they're packaged up in the, like, in, the, in the island, especially right now because they sell them for soups. And so you can usually oh, okay. find that kind of stuff. It's packaged up like okay. soup turkey, you know, like, and yep. you can do soup. Uh, so you just don't need, like, you're not eating those parts. Those are just being cooked. Just getting the broth. Uh, yeah. Okay. The flavor. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Good luck. 
Okay, uh, Giorgiano has a question about green bean casserole in the crock pot or thoughts. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Good. Welcome What's your to question? the program. Well, I have, oh, yes, thanks. I listen to you guys all the time. My question is, I, my oven is going to be like overmax because I also have to cook a ham and a turkey. Yeah, Ooh, okay. And I use my roaster for the turkey. But the green bean casserole, my family always wants with the crispy, icky onions on the top. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so can I, could I put that in a crock pot and add the onions like late or... Yeah, I'm yeah. Just trying to figure out if they'll get crispy in the crock pot. No, don't do crisp. There's no crisping in the crock pot. So definitely That's do those it. in the crock pot and then let them sit. You can also, this is one of those ones you could do ahead and then reheat in the crock pot. Like you could do them in the oven, reheat in the crock pot, and then put the onions on after, like right when you serve. Okay, but should I put the onions in the oven for a little while to get crispy? Or I mean, aren't really- they... Are Aren't you, you using turkey? The turkey cr- crispy onions? They already are crispy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you they're fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, thanks, Lady. Okay, let that crock pot go to work for you, friend. Right, man, seriously. Okay, we're going to do the top two in our two. We're working our producer yeah, hard today. I know. We should have brought Rachel some booze. And now, the Weekly Dish presents... <laughs> top two, top two. The top two... Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two with him, with him. Okay, Stephanie, I need to start because I want to play a little game with you. All right. Uh, This is my recommendation. It is a book by this woman named Lisa. Lisa Patron. Patron. Yep. Do you have you seen it? I have. She gave it to me. She's I've known her. Her mother was my real estate agent a million years ago. So it's called Eat Your Words, and it's uh, 125 food and beverage themed puzzles for hungry minds. I picked it for top two because it's kind of fun. It's super cute. It's all like kind of trivia questions that are in the form of a puzzle and you fill it in like a Sudoku and it's something fun to travel with. So I'm just going to give you a question about cheese. Okay. Yes. A semi hard unpasteurized goat's milk cheese from France. It's distinct flavor comes from the addition of pepper, parsley, tarragon and cloves. And the color of the rind is deep red. No, I haven't heard of this. I don't know. Okay, I have to go quickly to 128 where the answers are. And uh, yeah, this is Riveting Radio. Sorry, friends. Dauphine. Oh, okay. okay. I wouldn't have known that one. Uh, pasture- There's one more and then we'll move on. Okay. Pasteurized cow's milk cheese produced in North America. The rind is yellowish orange. The flavor is mild and light and it can be frozen for long periods. I mean, that's a few of them, isn't it? I mean, that's like... Unless you're saying cheddar, or is it like... Rind is yellowish-orange? Oh, so if it's aged. So if it has a rind, it's aged. Munster. Oh. Oh. But so there's all these, like, fun... Got it's it. It's just, it's kind of fun to play with your foodie friends. Yeah, okay. Eat That's fine. No, I thought it was super cute. Um. All right, so my first one is going to be actually... Um, I'm going to shout out the Palmer's Bar Free Thanksgiving. Oh, And I want to support this endeavor. And I feel like Weekly Dishers, I feel like we are people who can do this and kind of can help. If you have time to run a, a dish to share down to Palmer's Bar on Thanksgiving Day, he's doing, it's a 40-year, Lisa Hammer, who used to own the bar. Lisa and Keith. They're doing a big old uh, free Thanksgiving dinner for anybody who needs it. And they do this, they've done this for 40 years. And it's amazing. Um, and what they're looking for is for someone to just drop off something for the buffet 
You know, it's just a little bit of free food that you're willing to kind of give. And I just think, you know, Tony, I talked to him and he was kind of like, be creative, do whatever you want. Think about this, you guys. This could be your opportunity to not get slammed for a creative side from your family. Yeah, since I can't make any of the good stuff I want to make. Right. So you might as well do it in a big old pan and then just bring it down to Palmer's Bar anytime after 1 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. The dinner starts at 3, so get it there before then. Between 1 and 3 is perfect. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. All right. I love that. Lisa and Keith uh, are friends of our friends, Lisa, from our cookie exchange, Lisa. Yeah. They've been doing it for a long time, and Keith passed away. Um, So Lisa sold the bar to Tony. And I'm glad that they're keeping yeah, on that tradition. Still up. Okay, here's my next one. Yeah. Lakewinds Co-op has lots of cruets and jars. So if you're like making homemade things, I was really impressed with their selection. But I also found something called the stock sock. Ah. And it's like a cheesecloth bag yes. that you put all your stock parts in. Sure. And then you when you're done, you just pull the bag Which out and amazing. you can toss the bag. Right. So, hello. It's I'm just like, like a big tea bag for meat. Yes. For chicken bones. And I bones. was like, where has this been my whole life? Yeah, it's I three know. to a bag, and I think it was like three fifty. It's not super expensive. Yeah. Just the time saving of digging through and, oh, yes. Yes. Stock, sock. Okay. You know, we did have a question about someone who wanted to know about stock, by the way. So, let's remember to go back and okay. answer that one later. Um, my other one is going to be, I have a couple that mini row market is having their big fun thing today. It's their year anniversary. I did get my turkey from them, you guys. That's where I'm going to go pick up my turkey this week. But if you want to pop in today, they're doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, And everything else. It's a gourmet grocery in Delhi, kind of like the Golden Fig, but it's over on the west side of town. Great sandwiches. They have great pickup stuff. every day. Yeah, tons of local ingredients. They have your Um, salad girl slaw dressing there. Oh, they do. Uh Good. Okay. Um, But the other one I was going to say is last night I went to support, I went to get a, uh, on my Instagram, you'll see it. It's a Berea pizza. I saw this. It's it's like a big giant, but it's not a quesadilla because it's not the same, but it's like the tortillas have been cooked in the Berea consomme and then layered with, and I got chicken, you can get pork or beef, layered with this chicken and then onions and cilantro and cheese and then another layer. It is a, like a big 12 inch there's no way you can, I could eat like two pieces of it and then I was like, well, that's going to be dinner for the next three days. That sounds amazing. It was so good. It's wet tacos. This Never woman, had a wet taco. Yeah, she's like, and she's a saucy broad, man, and she's not going to mind that I say that, I don't think, because she's just full of life and fun and celebrating good times and She's got really creative, good bar food. I had carne asada fries as well. And um, she's got some creative looking burgers that were not up my jam, but I loved them. But I love the idea of it. So she's she's there's a food truck in St. Paul, wet tacos, but it's also at the Poor House in Uptown. All right. All right. I'm going to quickly shout out Shay Cab, too. Yeah. She loves the wet taco and she's like that on Twitter. Specific one? No, her name is Shay. No, and no, she's no, a I know, cab service this- and she loves this wet taco okay. place. Yes. And if you're traveling at all for the holidays and you want to like arrange to have someone pick you up and pick you up at the airport or take you to the airport, her service is excellent. We've used it before. If you're just not feeling like the Uber and all of that, call Shea Cab or find her on Twitter. She's I think an independent. Yeah. She has person. her own car and she's got a slew of gals that also have cars and she does a great job. So that is Shea Cab. We've got some more questions coming up. We have best pie crust ever. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. All right. (laughs) We are continuing on with our Thanksgiving show. Uh, We've got pie crust, stock questions, tips and tricks. We've got Lynn on the line that has a question about brining. And I know people are have questions about dry brines, wet brines. Lynn, what can we help you with today? 
Hi there. Yeah, I'm making a turkey for tomorrow, and I've got a 20-pound bird, a natural bird, all thawed, ready to go. I was going to dry brine it, but now I'm wondering if I have enough time and if I should just go the wet brine route. Okay, so... So the whole thing with wet brine and dry brine, I think that they are equally good. I think they're both. I don't think there's one that merits over the other one. For me, um, it's about space management. You know, like a, a wet brine with a bigger bird, you're going to have to get a cooler. You're going to, I mean, like, it, and it's like moving it around and all this kind of stuff. I think the dry brine for is easier overall because it's just kind of your, you know, you rub it down, you keep it, and then you're, it just sits wherever it needs to sit. But or you can refrigerate it overnight and that salt in the brine will dry out the skin. Yeah, I like, I like, I've been doing, you know, forever. I did the wet brine with the black tea and the bourbon and that was delicious. But I think lately I've been finding that the dry brine is just as delicious and, and it, and it's easier. Okay. And I'm, I'm not running out of time. No, I don't think you are. Wait, when are okay. you starting it? I'm serving it tomorrow at one. Oh God. Yeah. No, yeah, you're fine. You're so- oh. I'm not even getting my turkey until Tuesday. When are you going to cook it? Tomorrow morning. Okay, so oh. do it right now and yeah. let it sit up overnight. Yeah. Okay, one more question then. I have to take this bird to my family gathering, so I'm going to cook it, let it rest as I'm driving there, and then carve it. Is that okay? A hundred percent. Yes. Letting it rest is, is totally yeah. good. In fact, most turkey, you guys, we don't have to have it hot. You don't have to. You know what I mean? And people okay. freak out about, I just, you're that's, fine. That was the gift I gave myself, not having to have a hot turkey. Like, let it sit, let it get room temp. We're covering it with gravy and everything else. There's no reason for it. Okay, great. And then I'm going to pick up a can of, of the the cranberries yeah. so that my husband, Bruce, can hear that. Sound yep. yep. He's not alone. Right. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. That's so funny. Here's yeah. my tip about that, you guys. If you have leftovers, put a little in the microwave and put it in sparkling or champagne. Oh. Or use it with vodka or gin and make a drink and add a little club soda. Yeah, most of my cranberry relish goes into drinks afterwards because yeah. no one eats it. And so then it's like... And you always have leftover of that yeah. jelly stuff that only some people like, right? Right, right, right. Okay, so that was that. All right, we had a stock question. Did you want to get to that one, stuff? I um, think it came in on Twitter, perhaps. Oh, I think it was just like, how do you make stock? And I was sort of surprised that like, and I just telling you that. So what I do every year, like we have our giant stock pot sitting on the floor in the kitchen. And so whenever we're like peeling potatoes or chopping leeks or, you know, any vegetable sort of end piece gets thrown into the stock pot. And then at the end of the night, and then when we carve the turkey, um, the stock pot, like the, the carcass goes right into the stock pot. We just top it off with water and I let it boil all night long. I just let it go. And, you know, like, and we, because we have dinner, by the way, you can do this during the day and you don't have to let it boil. Sure. But I also am fine with like having it cook and then turning it off and sticking the pot outside for the night and then bringing it back in and restarting the process so that yep. it, you know, keeps going. But it's basically water, vegetable stuff and your carcass of the bird. One of the things that my mom used to do, too, is when she would prepare the bird in the morning, she'd take out the gizzard, the gizzard and the hearts yeah. and all the stuff. Yeah. And she would put that in a pot with a stick of celery, a carrot, an onion, and she would make stock right then and yes, there you can that, do that she too. would let go while the gravy was tur- cooking all day. Yep. And then she'd use that stock for dressing yep. or for making gravy later. 100%. Super good. I can't make stock. I can't let anything go overnight that smells like chicken in my house because my dog, dog paces all night long. I know. It drives me crazy. She yep. loves chicken. 
Okay, so there's your stock question. Yeah. We had a little bit of conversation, and I posted this, uh, I guess, last year about the best pie ever after I took a class. And it's just a great pie crust recipe. It's one I still use. I use it for tarts, too. And it's the one I learned when I went to a local cooking class here. And what I think makes it the best is, coincidentally, what apparently makes Zoe's the best, too, which is you use um, flour, you use salt, you also use a high-fat butter. Yep. And you can use, I use Land O'Lakes unsalted butter sometimes. I'm not going to lie. If I'm at the cabin Land and that's is all I have, really I'll great. use it. Yep. And they actually have a European butter, They too. do, and it's good. I've yeah. used it. Yeah. Um, but if you, you know, feel like you want to go carry gold, go carry gold. If you want to go Roros, which is the new Norwegian butter that you're seeing show up at, um, and that is cultured. So it does have a tang to it. Just it to be clear, mm-hmm. there's a difference between high fat and cultured. Thank you. Cause I don't know that I knew that actually. Yeah. Is that why it tastes more like cheese? Yep. Okay. All right. So that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, also then you're going to use water, right? And then the secret ingredient that I learned was vodka. And I've used tequila, I've used gin, I've basically used whatever spirit I had, because the idea is, is that the alcohol burns off, and so you get a drier pie crust, but in terms of workability and rolling, it is wet. So it's a really nice trick to know. Yep. So I have a feature about best pie crust ever. Um, I'll put this on the page I use this pie crust for an apple pie. I'll also use the bottom crust. It makes two crusts. So whether you're having two open pies or one with a top and a bottom. Um, Also, just, you know, making sure you're not handling the crust a lot. So you're getting those big pieces. I like to use the Cuisinart just to zoop, zoop, zoop. And then I dump it on the counter and kind of finish by hand. Yeah. Because I like to see those big butter chunks. Um, using wet hands kind of can sometimes help because then you, again, you're not handling the dough as much. Yep. And then the freezing of the dough or the refrigerating of the dough while you're not using it to let it set up so that that butter is staying solid. And then your crust before you're cooking it, again, freezing it, putting it in the freezer or the refrigerator to let it set up before you put it into the hot oven makes a difference. Totally. Totally does. So that's my pie crust. That's your pie. 651-641-1071. If you have any questions about pie. Stephanie, do you do pies? I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't make pies. So is someone, will someone bring them? Yeah. I mean, and I think somebody either, I, yeah, I'm, I'm very aware that I don't have, I, I don't have, uh. Yeah, I don't know why. I just don't make pies. And it's like, I don't, it's nothing against them. I just sort of have never, you know, I kind of leave the desserts to other people. Uh I would rather focus on the meal and not care about the desserts. Because I actually, if there are no desserts, I don't actually, I'm fine. And I also like doing, you know, like a big, strong pot of coffee with some whipped cream and like, then like whatever else after that is fine. Um, But so my son makes usually the, the desserts. That's usually Joey's place. And I think he's making, he's made pies before, but he's made more like cakes and desserts and things like that. So um, I know he's making an Earl Grey cake. That sounds delicious. I know. And then he's doing, he's also, because we have like now we're up to, I think, 11 or 12 people. Um, They keep coming. They keep getting at it. Yeah. Um, I think we are doing um, uh, also a... uh, 
He's doing a chocolate cake with a pumpkin mousse, I think, on it. Huh. So there was a New York Times pumpkin cake that I thought he put cream cheese frosting on. Yeah, that I'm see, I'm fine with cake over pie for this situation. I don't. It doesn't. So, and for me, that's easier to make than having a crust. Sure. So. All right, so we'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish presented by Maker's Mark and Knob Creek. Hello, Weekly Dishers. Spring is sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka salmon share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. Alrighty, welcome back, you guys. Thanks for calling in and thanks for sending us all your questions. We're doing our best to answer them as we go and, you know, kind of handling all the good stuff because, of course, the feast is nigh. It is less than a week away. It is. And there are a lot of, I mean, a lot of things that are sort of, I think, percolating because people, I think, are a little out of practice. And we're kind of at cocktail time, I think, because Vicki has a question about cocktails. Let's Stephanie. do it. Let's do it. Hi, Vicki. Let's hear about your cocktail questions. Hey, I'm wondering if you guys have a good recipe for a batch cocktail for you know a good amount of people well funny you should ask (laughs) i am for good advice yeah i'm feeling apple rosemary sangria this year um it's warm it's autumnal it's got cinnamon honey crisp apples pinot grigio apple cider brandy and a rosemary simple syrup oh that's lovely yeah i'm gonna post it on our facebook page Sounds great. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. So we have a couple of uh, hacks and some tips and tricks to kind of make your guys' days easier. It's kind of like the stuffing bag that you had talked about maybe a little bit. Um, So here's a couple things that there are. People are sort of, if you don't know these, this is the 19 hacks that you'll you'll regret not knowing. Okay. Okay. One, shape the foil, shape foil into a ring to keep the turkey moist while roasting, like underneath the bird, it's saying. Do you ever do that? Yeah, because it takes it lifts it up oh, off wait. of the bottom of the pan. Yeah, set your bird on top of the foil and add more aluminum as you need so that your Thanksgiving turkey will stay elevated and it will help keep the heat flow move around. Yeah, I've saying. done it. Yep. Um, they're saying use a thermos as a gravy warmer to free up space on the stove. That's oh, a good one. Especially those old thermoses right? that are glass in the middle that stay hot forever. Right. Well, just even even like a Yeti. I would think that's a brilliant yeah, idea. Pour it like into your it. Yeti. Stick it on your, your... So that way you can know that it's like you don't have to have a pot. Um, rinse potatoes quickly in the dishwasher. I think that's too much. That's a little overboard. <laughs> Though you can do lots of things rinse. in the dishwasher. I know. I mean, that's pretty funny. Um, use a paper plate as a hand mixer splash guard. Like put your 
if you're using like the handheld mixer, like putting a paper plate over the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's a smart one. That's not bad. I know. Here's one that you'll love, of course. Keep your mashed potatoes warm in a slow cooker. That's one of their hacks. I would use it for the gravy, though. I think the Instant Pot is because you can make everything in that pot and just close it up. Yep. Uh, this is interesting. Grate your butter for easy mixing when making biscuits or pie crusts. Yeah, that does. A lot of people say yeah, that. Yeah, and then they freeze it. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like if, because it's like, yeah, you have to freeze it in order to grate uh-huh. it so that it's not. Um, that's crazy. I love that. Uh, drape a towel over kitchen made to prevent ingredients from splashing everywhere. I do that over my kitchen made, like the big old mixer. Yeah. Like I don't that do that out. only because I'm sure it would get caught and like go. Oh yeah. No, be in there. Terrifying. I have to get mine fixed because it's loose and I don't know where to go to do that. Oh, cause I can't get in there and get all the things done. So I basically hold it when it's cause it's otherwise it's like bucking. You could probably bring it over to Kurt's house. Oh, maybe. Yeah. He's pretty good with the power. Do you need tool. to get in there and do a thing. I don't know how they do it. He could figure it out. Probably. Right. He fixed my Vitamix the other day. Oh, nice. All right. Um, there's a microwave garlic for 15 seconds to easily remove the skin. I don't have a problem okay. with I just smash it. That's right. With the back of your knife. Yeah, that's the easier way, man. Um, boil cinnamon sticks, apples, peels, and whole cloves for a festive smelling. That's not a hack. That's just life. It reminds me of my mom. I can't do it because yeah. I get sad and oh, I miss really? her. Oh, really? The potpourri, right? Um, I do think this is fun. Cover the kids' table with craft paper and set out crayons to keep them entertained. Oh, yeah. And one year, Melissa Sai, who is a mom locally made a popcorn, a paper bag that she filled with popcorn in like a shape of a turkey. And then the kids could like cut the turkey and it was like opening up the bag of popcorn. Oh, cute. It was adorable. I'll see if I can find that. Okay. Um, Hollowed out pumpkins as center pieces for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Sure. Good one. Like it. Um, How about use square and rectangle pans so you can put more dishes in the oven because rounds use up space that's pretty clever actually I, I thought that was really funny i was like wow that's okay um keeping your food warm in a cooler also you know i mean we talk about doing the turkey in your you know brining it in a big old like coleman cooler yep they also if you you know want to will keep things warm think about it it's an insulation thing yeah i like it's, it like people in catering companies use these you know hot boxes that's what your cooler can right do. yeah um so use that's a stupid one um <laughs> these little kid turkeys are they're cute are I'm they gonna, yeah i'm gonna post this um oh i love this one prevent a mixing spoon from falling into a bowl or pot full of food by wrapping a rubber band around the handle so then it stops at the lid like if you have if you're stirring often with like a metal thing or you want to make sure it doesn't fall in oh okay that's okay i don't yeah. really stir with metal well, I mean, I guess any spoon, even a, even a wooden spoon, that would stop it from sliding in. Yep. Um, okay, here's a couple one. That's silly. They're just saying make... This seems wasteful to me. Make pumpkin pie bites with a cookie cutter and whipped cream. So they're like taking a pie and then like taking a biscuit cutter and then making smaller ones. But that's just like a lot of waste of good pie. <laughs> like, like that's... It is, but it's kind of cute. I mean, if it's going for pretty, I guess. Um, oh... So get fluffier whipped cream by chilling your metal batter bowl. Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah, I don't do it, but I haven't either. I don't have any room in my freezer for my batter bowl, but maybe (laughs) if I just stick it outside. Oh, yeah. This is your outdoor freezer setting. Oh, yeah. I have a whole thing for that. Seriously. Um, Okay. A couple more tips and tricks for you before we uh, 
Are there any calls? Just making sure. Oh, I know they were okay. good. All right. So using your uh, ice chest as a fridge. Oh, pennies as pie weights. If you don't have pie weights and you're attempting oh. it, use a foil and then load it up with any spare change or pennies that you that's have. That's smart because I'm always like searching for the beans. Yes, I know. And you can't smart. That's a little bit better and easier, I think. Um, everybody wants you to use aluminum foil as a, as a, oh my God, they're all giving us the same tip. Slow cooker as a mashed potato keeper. Um, <laughs> must work. I know. Measuring cup as a fat separator. The secret great gravy is skimmed, not greasy pan drippings. If you're without a fat separator, pour your drippings into a large heat proof measuring cup and pop it in the freezer. As the drippings cool, the fat will rise to the top and solidify, making it easier to skim off with a spoon. What do you think of that? That's fine. Yeah. But I I mean, how long is that going to take? You're like making your gravy, right? But if it's cool, you know, if you're cooling it, like Uh maybe that's, maybe, maybe it doesn't have to freeze. It just has to, it cools faster. Yeah. And separate. And you know, fat and gravy is what gives it the flavor. I know, but you do want to have some of it. Like you don't want to be greasy. No. And it depends on, yeah, how fatty your bird is. And I always, I don't, I never have enough fat. Uh, that's just my personal problem, but yeah, I have I'm all. always adding butter. Are and you? Well, yeah, I mean that's good. I make a lot of gravy. Yeah, you do. You make a lot of gravy. Um, here's an interesting one. I don't know how I feel about this. Using the salad bar as a sous chef, they say shave off hours of your prep time by picking up ingredients from the supermarket salad bar that are already cleaned and ready to go. Think chopped onions, trimmed beans, sliced bell peppers, hard boiled eggs, even crumbled bacon. Great idea, but wow, is that expensive? <laughs> well, expensive, but also like that stuff's been sitting out in the air unless you get it the minute that they fill the well, salad and bar. Every store now has all that mise en place True, in the they prep do. section. In the prep when you section. walk in in the produce section, they have nobody wants to cut anymore. Vegetable butchers. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. Okay, kitchenware cabinets as your cookbook stand. Like, do you tape your recipes to your cabinet at eye level? No, but that's a good idea. Print all your recipes out or write them down and then put them eye level so that you're not like moving things around. Like yep. use a re- you know, removable tape and just stick them up so you can just go for it and be on your way. I like that idea. I don't know why I've never done that. That's a good one. I don't really use recipes. I think that's why because I like I learn them and then I'm good. Um, we have a question. Are you yeah, is it ahead. a good time for yeah. one? Alice has a question about brining cheesecloth. Hi, Alice. Welcome to the program. Hi there. Um, I've been hearing a lot on, you know, different cooking shows and social media where there's a lot of the dry brining and the cheesecloth method of putting it over the turkey when it's roasting so it's supposed to be more moist and, um, I don't know, browns a little better. Could you do that in a big electric roasting pan? Because I'll probably be cooking my turkey in that for extra oven space. No. No? Oh, I'm good you said that. Because you have no overhead heat. It's all coming from the bottom, so nothing's going to happen with that cheesecloth. Okay, okay, so I won't do the cheesecloth for that time then. But okay, that's what I wanted to know, though. Okay, hopefully (laughs) we helped you you there. (laughs) You did, thank you so much. The idea of the butter, the idea of the cheesecloth is that you have a butter blanket. Yes. And that's going to keep it moist um, an aid in browning, and then you take the cheesecloth off the top again because she doesn't have a top in her electric. A lot of people make turkeys in those big electric pans. I don't know what they're called, but do you know what I'm talking about, Steph? Yeah. Those big square roasters. Yes. A lot of people make their turkeys in that. I didn't realize that. Here's another tip that uh, I read in the Star Tribune from Adam Eaton, a uh, local chef. He just covers his turkey with mayonnaise. 
Yeah, I did that one year and I, I got to be honest, I didn't like it. You didn't. Did you uh-huh. notice the flavor mm-hmm. or? Okay. Because yep. he's like, it's just like butter, but it's easier. Wash your hands. Mayonnaise are up. Yeah. I mean, and I'm the girl who makes her grilled cheese with mayonnaise, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But the turkey, it was a it was a mess and it looked disgusting. And it was that's fine. Who cares? It's going in the oven right away. Ever. Yep. There was a different and maybe I used the wrong mayonnaise. Maybe I should have just made my own mayonnaise. There was an oily smell to it when it was cooking. Oh, that was not pleasant. <sighs> no, I don't want an oily smell. Nope. When I made gravy on Jason's show the other day, he during the commercial break, he as I was preparing, he was like, what is that smell? It smells like an old hotel room. Oh my gosh. And it was like the fattiness of the gravy. And yeah. after I made the gravy, it smelled yeah. better. But I know he was know. laughing. He did not like that oily gravy smell either. No, it was there's something definitely off putting on that one. All right. Uh, we have a call from Janice. I wonder, should we take a break and then come back? Yeah. And we'll take your call, Janice, yeah, about on, Janice. apple pie. And we've got a lot more to share on the Weekly Dish. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. If you're looking for the kids' turkey popcorn centerpiece, I did post that on our Facebook page. We'll be right back. Oh, we had a caller that wanted to pass along a tip. Oh, got it. Got it. And the tip is, and it's a good tip, I think, when warming mashed potatoes in the crock pot, put a tea towel across the pot before the lid to prevent them from getting gluey. Also, we were talking during the break about, like, my mom mashed potatoes with a hand mixer. Yeah. A lot of people do that. I prefer a potato masher. And when you use, when you're mashing or whipping, you're creating a gluten-y kind of starchy situation that the potatoes have released. So some people can overmix and you get gluey potatoes and then sometimes if you're like using the wrong potato too, like if you're using a russet versus a Yukon gold. Well, and I wonder, yeah, it's this hard is the for thing. that to break down because russet potatoes are more starchy. Right. And it's, yeah, it is something to do with the kind that you have. It's also to do with like what kind of ingredients you've put in already. You know what I mean? Like, like what's your, like if you have heavier creams or, I mean, like there's so many things that are variable with mashed potatoes, especially these days. Yep. That I feel like I always use rusted because I like it to be a little lighter. I feel like Yukons, which people love, are really kind of heavier, like so waxy. What do you use? I use russets. Okay, you do use russets because they I have mash, more starch. Yeah, and I but they're like but they're fluffier, they're lighter, and they're less. You know, um, I feel like Yukons get really heavy, and so I use. I use a masher. I have like a handheld masher. Uh-huh. Um, and I just, but I'm also like not, I don't need there to not be lumps. I don't mind lumps in my mashed potatoes. Right. So your mashers are more rustic maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just sort of, I whip it around and then I'll, you know, I just like, and then I get in there with like a fork or a spoon too when I'm adding in the rest of the stuff. Um, my friend for- brought, he grew his own potatoes this summer. So he brought over a bag of the potatoes that I'm going to use for the oh, mashed potatoes. Nice. Yes. So we'll see if that feels different. Or- yeah. I don't know. Um, You know, that's the thing is like, I think there's, I think mashed potatoes are, are interesting in that they feel like there's an enormous amount of tips and tricks. And then in the end, they're mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> True. I kind of feel like a lot of, you know reasons around it is like i don't i can't really screw them up because they're just a vehicle for butter and salt in the end you know um can i give you a couple more cocktail ideas yes please because i think i'm gonna do this this is a beet sage shrub okay because i have some beets so it's two cups of chopped beets with a cup of cider vinegar 
a tablespoon of sage, two-third cup maple syrup, and salt. And you get all this stuff in your mason jar, and then you put it through a sieve. Yep. And then you discard the solids, and you cover and chill 24 hours, and then you use it to make a drink with one or two ounces of gin and club soda. Yeah. Okay. I think I might make that, too, with the apple sangria. Another drink idea, and this one looks so good, honey and thyme simple syrup. And then you add that with ruby red grapefruit juice and tequila and a little Prosecco or club soda on the top. It's called a Prosecco Honey Thyme Paloma. Oh, yeah. I am down for that. Are you kidding me? That sounds and looks good. Yeah, we... um. Yeah, we'll have a cocktail at the front of it, but I'm not in charge of that. Ryan's in charge of that. So Okay, uh, yeah, I like having thing. someone in charge of cocktails, too, because yeah. that's a saver, too, because you can't be doing everything when people are coming no, into your home. You have to release some of these things, and that's like, and so having Matt come up, too, is, is telling me that he's just there to be sous chef, so he just gets to be ordered around. I like that. So it's like some people have things that, that they're in charge of, and other people have things that they're just sort of utility players. So my mom was like, oh, my gosh, is it going to be too much? And I was like, you know what, though? I have all these people who are around to help. So I'm good. I feel yeah, good about it. Totally. Yeah. So you're just you got a whole house full. So, coming. Yeah, we're up to like 12. So we have a couple people who got added on, you know, and we're like, yep. can so and so and can I bring so and so? I think we're up 11 or 12. I have to look. I love it. But one thing, you know, I made that last year. I was thinking, looking back at like the potato gratin I made last year, which yeah. was like. Not Hasselback because they weren't halfway cut. They were just scalloped. You know what I mean? But they were all stacked. They looked like the potato garden. That, I remember, was delicious. It looked really pretty. And I kind of feel like I want to do that again. But, I, I mean, like, that's a lot of potatoes on the table. That's really my problem is, like, trying to decide, like, what are the greens and what are the starches and how do they mix and how do they blend? And so having mashed potatoes as the thing and not having the queen, cream corn means do I do another corn dish or do I not? Do I skip the corn completely? What do I do? I don't know. I don't know. You could do peas and onions. Can't do peas. What about... Nobody likes peas. I like to do things that I can use for chicken pot pie. So <sighs> carrots. turkey pot pie, right? That yeah, because I always make a pot pie like yeah. the week following, or yeah. I'll make all the stuff and freeze it, Yep. and then you just put a puff pastry top on there, and yeah. you're good to go. All right. Do we have a couple any more nope. college? Okay. Nope, this good. is your last chance, you guys. 651-641. One oh seven now. Um, uh, for as wines go, I mean, I think yes. we have to shout out our tabletop wine picks, and of course, always uh, we have to shout out the Emily because I still feel that that is one of the best tabletop wines because it's not a it it feels like a blush, but really it's not like a rosé. It's a very it's a Pinot Chard mix, and it is called the Emily. That's you can find that, and it's really I think one of those best ones that just hits your table and everybody likes it. Yeah. Like it's such a crowd pleaser without being too concessionary. The other thing I love is obviously hard ciders. Like go get some hard ciders and put those on the table. You know, as you pass. Um, I always feel like that's a really good idea. There's the slap bag from Milk and Honey. <laughs> right, right, totally. There there's is. The rhubarb, Are they still doing that? Yes. Oh, good. There's the rhubarb scrumpy from Sweetland yep. Orchard. Totally. Um, I also like uh, for non-alcoholic. If you're thinking about that, even just like a spiced cider that you water down a little bit. I think if you take like an actual apple cider and you spice it up with some really great like cloves and cinnamon and stuff, and then because you know it can be so sweet, just like level it out with a little bit of plain bubble water 
And then you that's almost, that's an NA kind of cocktail, but it also feels a little bit like wine on yeah. the table. If you want to not make it like a cocktail, just, I mean, honestly, just a little bit of water, thinning it out kind of makes it feel a little bit more like a wine. And using a little bitters. Yes, a little a bitters club soda. just totally sucks that up. We have sure. one question here about potatoes from Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Oh, hi. Uh, just a quick question, if you know. Um, you said a neighbor grew some potatoes and brought them over. Do you happen to know what kind he grew? I don't, but I'll find out and share it next week. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, and then I'm just listening to you. I'm going to... Um, Try and make a turkey. I'll, I'll look at your uh, uh, posts and stuff. Um, last time I made a turkey, I <laughs> drank too much wine before while I was cooking it. So anyway, um, okay. It uh, happens. It happens. Yeah, there's no judgment here, sister. Seriously. Well, but you had that one where, oh my God, the year almost, where the turkey took forever. Listen, and- <laughs> most of the time, my family, we are in the bag by the time we sit down. Just because hey. we've been cooking all day and we're laughing and we're reminiscing and Thanksgiving is a loaded holiday for us. And dear Lord, yeah, there's not a lot of, you know, sobriety at, by the time we sit down. So. And one thing, too, like thinking about if you have people, like if you have kids coming over, mm-hmm. like games, setting out games yep. or memory matching cards yep. or like what are you thankful for game yes. cards, like all that stuff that gives people kind of something to rally around yeah. when you're just staring at each other. Yeah. Because sometimes you're not with like your immediates. You're with, you know. Yeah. Other people. Yeah. Conversation topics. Do do a little what are we thankful for game. You That's know? right. We're going to do some Mad Libs. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Good luck, everybody. Stay strong. Send us pictures. May your ovens be hot. And your turkey be moist. At Stephanie March at Stephanie's Dish. Ciao, ciao.